have your Bible, we're going to read out of Matthew 7 today. I want to share a story with you. We were on a mission trip in Mexico, and we were helping build a church that was on a, was on a dump, on an actual landfill. And we'd been gone all day and didn't have the opportunity to use the restroom. My son's waving at me. Um, so by the time we all get off this bus, we all have to go to the bathroom really bad. So there is this mass of people and teenagers running to the only restroom on the entire property, which was this little rickety shack of an outhouse. It was on a cliff face. There was a wire tied to the top of it, holding it from falling over. The door had no latches, flap, 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 and the wind was blowing like crazy. When it was my turn, I looked at one of the young ladies behind me and I said, hold the door shut. I am trusting you. And so I'm in the restroom and I'm trying to use it and I had this, I remembered something. The very first funeral I ever did um, was for this gentleman from, from Vietnam and as I was walking through the cemetery before, before the funeral service, I was trying to just collect myself because, you know, this is a big deal and you want to do him and the family and God Almighty justice. And I saw this tombstone, and on the tombstone it said, Here lies so-and-so, a man who did great damage to the kingdom of darkness. And I'm in the outhouse, and I'm remembering this guy's tombstone, and I rewrote it in my head. Here lies Jake. He died in an outhouse on a dump, trying to relieve himself. And I thought, this is the end. This is how scary this outhouse was. That outhouse had a poor foundation. It was not going to make it long. Last week, we celebrated 100 years as a church, which I thought was exciting. It was a great time. So many people from the past coming together. It was healing. It was incredible. And it's made me ask this question. How do we make the next hundred years? How do I make the rest of my life? How do we run the long game as Christians, as a church, and as individuals? I made mention that, that uh, in 1918, a hundred years ago, we were ending the World War, World War I. Eiffel Tower was the tallest structure in the world. Most of the vehicles on the road were, were Model T Fords. Uh, the NFL did not exist. Football did, but the NFL did not. And so I actually wonder what men did on Sundays. I mentioned that in 1918, the average life expectancy was 40 years old. I've been pondering on that. You know what? Our average life expectancy isn't 40. It's not 80. It's not 100. The average life expectancy of you and I is eternity, or it should be eternity. And so how do we make it as individuals, in our marriages, in business, in life? How do we make it in reputation? How do we run the long game? Well, Jesus told us how in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus said, therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. After reading that, it makes me really simplify some things for me. Like, I want to build my life on the words of Jesus. On the rock. I want to build my marriage on this. I want to build my dreams and my aspirations on the Word of God. I want to build my eternity on this. I know the best foundation I can make on my own is a sandbox. David said in Psalm 61 too, From the ends of the earth I will call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We, we were on another mission trip in Mexico. In this little village outside of Mexico City. And this young pastor had decided that he was going to build his church way up on this mountain where there were no roads to get to it, only this rocky, steep path. And he didn't just put it on top of this mountain, he literally put it on this cliff, on this sheer cliff. And it was years and years of hard work for these guys who built this church. Sledgehammers and steels, and they would chip and bang and break the rock until they, they cut out this foundation. And then from there, they started pouring concrete. Well, most places in Mexico don't sell sackcrete. So you have to haul Portland to the top of the mountain. You have to haul sand to the top of the mountain. You have to haul gravel to the top of the mountain. You have to haul water to the top of the mountain. You have to haul rebar to the top of the mountain just to make concrete. And so it, we're talking to the, the pastor. Why, why do you want to build the church all the way up here? This is, this is so much work. Because, hermano, I want to build my church on the rock. Many of us were like, there's a rock way down there. I can see it. No, hermano, I don't want to build next to the rock. I want to build on the rock. You could build on the rock that's way down there. No, hermano. This rock is higher than I. And I get what he was going for. Because he wanted his people who lived in, in chaos and calamity to be able to make a journey to their church every day or every Sunday and get above it all and get away from it all and focus and reconnect on God. And that's what happened in this guy's church an incredible little ministry. And if you've been in Mexico City, you know how crazy it is and how much people need something like that. I also learned a lot about myself going up and down that mountain carrying concrete stuff. And here's what I learned. Concrete should come in big trucks. Water runs downhill. Why would I carry it uphill? I've worked with rebar most of my life, and I, I learned this. 
Rebar is great for reinforcing concrete, but when you take it for a hike in the woods, it's long and floppy and awkward. Rebar is not a good hiking companion. This pastor's idea was exactly what David said in Psalm 61 too. We need the rock that is higher than I. And that's what Jesus is saying. I know there are times in my life when I have not built certain things on the rock of Jesus. Maybe I've covered most of my bases. But maybe my mouth wasn't built on the rock of Jesus. Or maybe there's been times in my life when my marriage has not been built on the rock of Jesus. Or my business ethics. Or the way I treat people. Or the things that I say about others when they're not around. It's almost like I built next to the rock, but not on top of it. We're supposed to build on it, not next to it. There's times in my life when I haven't built my life on the rock of Jesus because I just didn't want to listen to what Jesus had to say. I really didn't. I was afraid that I might have to give something up. Or I was afraid that I might have to get out of my comfort zone if I wanted to build on the rock of Jesus. And as, I'm, as I was working on this, I, I had to remind myself, wait a minute. Every time I've given something up in my life so that I could honor God more, God gave it back to me a hundredfold. I gained. I didn't lose. But why are we so afraid of that sometimes? I don't know. Jesus uh, said in Matthew 24, 35, He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And, and there's three different heavens that, that they talk about in the Bible. There's, there's terrestrial, telestial, and celestial. Terrestrial is the earth. Telestial, the stars, the moon the heavens, what we look at at night. And celestial is heaven eternal. So Jesus isn't saying heaven eternal is passing away. He's saying everything else will pass away, but his words never will. And so that means that you and I are all given that choice or the opportunity to build our lives on a foundation that will literally outstand the heavens. We have that opportunity And so, for me, if I'm going to build my life on the rock of Jesus, when I struggle with my attitude, I'm going to go to the Word. When I struggle with my marriage, if it needs strengthening, I'm going to read letters from my beloved. When I hunger and thirst, I'm going to go to the bread of life. When my life's in utter ruin, I'm going to go to the living Word. When I struggle with sin, I'm going to go to the truth. When I need strength or I'm afraid, I'm going to go to the sword of the Spirit. So what does that look like? Because there's a lot here. So how do I take all of this and, 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 and apply it to my life so that, so that I'm building my life on the rock? Well, it's actually really easy and I think we can start with the great commandment in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 
Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, he's speaking out of Deuteronomy 6. He's, he's re-quoting what Moses had said to the Israelites. See, the Israelites were about to go into this new and foreign land full of all kinds of gods and things that would distract them. And, the, and this is what, what Moses said. He said, as you enter this land, love the Lord your God with all your, whole, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then Jesus reiterates that to us. Where do you start, number one? Love God and follow His commands. Loving God and reading His Word and applying it to your life go hand in hand. Jesus then said, love your neighbor as yourself. So we've got three daughters and one son. The boy, we'll call him. Now my wife has had the privilege of, of raising three girls. Oh, it's lovely, it's great, it's nice. For now, teenage years are now upon us. But she is getting to relearn life with a little boy. He's great and sweet most of the time. But there are times when he is a little boy. In his brain, Legos were created so that his sisters could build things so he could destroy them. Sometimes we can't put clothes on him for anything because he wants to streak through the house and the yard and anywhere else he can. I had this realization this last week. He's got a theme song. It's the Imperial March from Star Wars. You know, when Darth Vader would walk in. I actually started humming that around him now. And it actually fits because he is on a goal to destroy sometimes. Like a wrecking ball. And I was thinking about that. Because I think so often, that's our theme song as people. And even as Christians. There's a da 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 behind our intentions or behind the way we deal with people or behind how we treat situations. There's, there's more of an aggression than a love that Jesus told us we're supposed to have. So who's my neighbor? Is it the person that I share my fence with? Is my neighbor the person who I agree with or they agree with me, uh, we're kindled, we're neighbors. Or is my neighbor everybody? It's everybody. My neighbor is everybody. And I think so often, this is where we hit a wall as Christians and as people. It's political season, so what do we have? People put signs in their yards. And it's actually a lot of fun to watch. And I even put signs in my yard. But you'll have, this neighbor will put up this sign. Vote for this guy. Well, immediately the next day, the other neighbor, vote for that guy. Vote for her. You'll see it the next day. Vote for him. It's lots of fun. I just want to put a sign in my yard that says, vote for Jesus. Um... Here's what's really interesting about it. When we do put the signs in our yard, you know what we're, for a lot of people, it's an automatic declaration of a difference in opinion. 
Isn't it really odd how this happens? And what happens nowadays is our society makes sport out of difference of opinion. Difference of opinion nowadays is bold, it's in your face, and it's cruel even. And that's what we are not supposed to be. We are supposed to be love in every way to each other. Wouldn't it be neat if one neighbor said, that's my neighbor over there. We don't agree on everything, but I love him. And the other neighbor over here said, that's my neighbor over there. We don't see eye to eye on stuff, but I love him. And isn't that exactly what Jesus was praying for us for to have in, in John 17? He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's in anguish because he knows he's about to endure the cross. And so first he prays for himself, then he prays for his disciples. And then Jesus takes a minute to literally pray for you and I, where he prays for future believers. And he says, I pray that they will be one so that others will believe that you sent me. He prayed that we would be united. Not all the same, but united. That when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we stand shoulder to shoulder. That when it comes to embracing one another, we'll stand shoulder to shoulder in fierce defense of each other. Regardless of our differences, that we love each other. We'll stand shoulder to shoulder to show love to others. That's what we're called to do. And it's real love that we're showing. Friends, if we want a strong foundation, if we want to stand in the winds and the waves, no matter what they look like, we've got to build on the rock of Jesus. It's simple. It's basic. When Sarah and I had first moved to Gunnison, I'll close with this thought. Um, Sarah was pregnant when we first moved here with our second daughter. And so she's doing all the typical prenatal stuff that you do, and she gets a phone call at work from the doctor one day. And the doctor says, we got some lab results in, and your child is going to be born with spina bifida or Downs. You need to come see us in the morning. Well, Sarah was like, whole world stops when you get a phone call like that, right? Young mom, she calls me. Whole world stops. Okay, all right, we're going to pray this through, I guess. We're going to trust God. Guys, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. I called my dad. Hey, this is what's going on. He called some people. Other people called people. Before you know it, there were all kinds of people from this church calling us. We're praying for you. What do you need? How can we help you? We want to lift you up. People from this church. It was awesome. It was like everyone came around us and said, we are here for you in a moment where it's scary. And it was scary. The next morning, I'm, I'm reading my Bible like I do most mornings. Uh, and I'm going through Psalms. And I'm scared. We're going to love our child regardless, but I'm scared. And I read Psalms 27.13. And it says, Yet I am still convinced of this. 
I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Peace, courage, comfort flooded my heart in a way that I can't explain. And I am so thankful because that gave me the hope to endure what was before me. And it turns out our daughter was okay. But regardless, we were going to love her. Regardless. We have got to build our life on something greater than ourselves. It's the Word of God. It's Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for this day. Thank You for Your Word that it's eternal. Thank You that You've given us the opportunity to stand on it. And so God, for every one of us in this room, no matter where we're at, we just come before You today and we ask that You'd help us to build more on that rock. If we've been doing it our entire lifetime, thank You. And help us to continue to grow that way. If we're, if we're just starting, show us. Show us Your way and Your Word more and more, we pray. We love You, Jesus, and we need You in Your name. If you'd stand, we're going to close with this hymn.